Amen, guys. Well, it's great to be together. I'm excited about the potluck. Smelling some of that good food over there. It's going to be great. Um, Let's start off with a word of prayer. Great God in heaven, we are so thankful to you, God. For you are the Holy One. The only one. And God, we're so grateful for the incredible gift giver you are to us, God. Yeah. Amazing, God. First of all, that you would even consider us, Lord. That's the question David asked. What is man that you consider him? But God, you don't even just consider him. You, you are so in love with us, Lord. Father, I, I'm amazed by that, that, that us mere dust compared to you. I don't look at dust with love or fondness or even consideration, Lord. But that is uh, in comparison to who you are. Father, and that little piece of dust has a little God in it. (laughs) And God, we're so thankful just that you consider us. God, that you see us as your children and that you love to give good gifts to your children, Lord. And God, I'm so grateful for all the ways you've showered us with blessings. God, Lord, we are all... uh, richly, lavishly blessed, God. Lord, and I thank you so much for even what Evan said, that we have to be intentional about remembering to be thankful. God, we have to be intentional, Lord. And I pray that this message, that a great overflow of thankfulness would come upon us, Lord. And that overflow would, would lead us to just be grateful to be where we're at in life, God. Help us not have uh, just a looking over there and looking over here at the grass being greener in someone else's life, God. Lord, help us to just revel in what you've done in our lives, God. Because, Lord, you have done something amazing. I ask you, Lord, to bless this time. I pray that you would just work through me, speak through me. Help us, Lord, to be imitators of you, the greatest giver of all. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this family. So excited about what you're going to do in the rest of the 2018 The people that are going to become Christians, Lord. The people that are going to be saved, go from darkness to light. So excited about seeing more baptisms, Lord. More people coming to the faith. But also, God, I'm so excited about building the community that we have and preparing for 2019, God willing, to have the best year we've ever had, God, in the church. To go from uh, another height that we've never been before, God. And Lord, possibly even, God, to be self-supported, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, we want to reach this whole state. We want to reach this whole world. God, I know that we have to do that by imitating you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, guys. Well, let's turn. If we have our our apps, I'd actually want us to use our phone today. Is that possible, God? Did I just say that? I want you to go to your app, and what we have here is kind of cool. We have notes. This is really cool that are already in there, that you can, you can actually take notes in church with the app. Okay, so I want us to go there real quick. And you're going to see three different things. You're going to see, the first thing you see is you can't outgive God. The financial survey and why should I give. Why should I give is a Bible study that I want you to do in your quiet time this week. It's a great, great Bible study. The second one, and you know how it is, you're always like, what should I study in my Bible? It's nice. We're going to have resources here for you to look at. The second thing is the financial survey. We want you to fill that out at your own convenience. But this one is for the sermon today. You can't outgive God. And you, you open that up, 
And there you go. You have the scriptures, and you can take notes. It's pretty awesome. And you can save that for another time. You can email it to yourself. You can save the note, and you can keep it as a further reference. But what I really like about it is if you hover over the scripture or push it, it gives you the scripture right there. So you can follow along with it and look back to it, which is really nice. And at the end, I just put notes in for to just make personal decisions like the first point. What is something that you're going to take away from this first point? And so you kind of know my sermon already, okay? And at the same time, you can take notes. And so I'm so excited about this, and we can do a lot of things with this. And as you know, it will save lots of trees, which is great. But more importantly, I do think as a church, we have to get better with taking notes. And, and not just hearing the word, right? But doing what it says. And that's one of the ways that I do that is by taking notes, amen? Going over that, those notes, uh, which will be great. And this message especially is so uh, special to me because it's about, the title is, You Can't Outgive God. You Can't Outgive God. That's the, the first point as well as the message title. And I love this quote. God is the greatest giver in the universe. He won't let you outgive him. Can I get an amen on that one? God is the greatest giver of all time. He's the goat when it comes to giving. He's the goat in a lot of things, right? But he gave his one and only son. And even if he just did that, he would be the greatest giver of all time. But just imagine if you could capture all the ways he's given to you. Just imagine if you could capture that in a moment. I think you'd be so overwhelmed your brain would explode. I know that's intense, but to think about that, to think about just the blessings we have. And so I'm going to go through that a little bit very quickly today, just talking about how much God has given us. Amen. And I'm feeling the need to just forget this pulpit for a little bit. Amen. Um, first point, you can't outgive God. I love this. It says, it is beyond the realm of possibilities that one has the ability to outgive God. Charles Spurgeon. I'm not trying to compete with God in giving. But I think sometimes we can feel that, that we deserve more from God. And, and I think a lot of us sometimes can feel like we're not, we're not satisfied. We're not content with what we have. And I don't think that is something that has anything to do with getting something or losing something. That's a state of mind. Contentment is a state of mind. Contentment is a spiritual uh, a spiritual uh, condition. Amen? And for us, not just be content, but to love our life. Do you love your life? I think it's so important as Christians to love our life. Now, you might like, okay, there's a couple things that are challenging in my life, right? There's a couple things that are hard, but do you love your life? Do you love your life in Christ? And I want you to think about that today as we go through God, you can't you know, as God is out giving us all the time. But I just think that he's not even trying to show us something or get something from us. He just loves to give to us. You know, um, Christmas is a time of giving. Thanksgiving is a time to be grateful. And so this is perfect timing for what we're thinking about. During these holidays, I want you to think about the greatest giver of all, God. Amen? Amen. This scripture is wonderful. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like chiffing shadows. 
He, he chose us. Give us birth through the word of truth that we might be the first fruits of all he created. Amen? Every good and perfect gift is from above. My wife, my puppy, my kids, the pillow that I like so much, um, the pens I like. Now you go, what is that man made that? No, God made it all. Everything that's good in this world is from God. Your salvation is so good. You know, I talk to people all the time, and I say, hey, do you feel like you're saved? And people that go to church all their life sometimes in other churches say, I don't know, I hope so. <clears throat> and I stop them right there and go, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> That's the one thing God ensures us if we follow his gospel, that we can be secure in our salvation. Yeah. Can I just get an amen, amen. on that? You know, I love the, the song, I'm sometimes up, I'm sometimes down. But still my soul is heavenly bound. Man, what a great lyric that is. Isn't that true for us? We can be up, we can be down. But God says, listen, I don't change. Right. Like shifting shadows. I don't change. I'm your God. I'm going to save you because of what Christ did on the cross. Being a Christian sometimes is just really taking a victory lap. For what God's already done. But every good and perfect gift, everything that you in your life that is good and perfect, comes from God. Amen? Coming down from the Father. Who is the author? Who is the giver? It's the Father in heaven. It's your Father in heaven. What do you think about all the blessings you have in your life? You know, I, I grew up poor. I grew up very poor. My dad went bankrupt. I was on government cheese. Had the, had the milk come in every... I, I'm really good. I actually sometimes like powdered milk more than regular milk, which is crazy. But I used to like that skim powdered milk. It was full of sugar, but it was good. And um, we lived in people's basements. We lived... Um, we didn't have our own home. My whole... My whole... My whole childhood. We lived in basements. We lived in other people's houses. And my dad was a hard worker. He worked three jobs, and still we were having a hard time. But God took care of me every single time. He built character in me. He, he, he gave me an example of my dad, who worked hard, who worked selfishly. He was selfless, and he showed me how Christ is for us. But the fact that I would be blessed like I am now, where did that come from? That came from God. I have no, no chance of being here. There's many times where I... Many of us could have died in different situations. Mm -hmm. I remember one time my dad and I were working, and he had a cinder block. And he was, I was holding, he was, we were trying to hold it, and it fell. It was falling right from my face, and I was on a ladder. And I, 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 my hands were, were, were full of bricks, and I was in trouble. We, my dad was a mason. And my dad reached out and grabbed the concrete brick. It was you know, one of those big cinder blocks. And I'm not to be gross, but his fingernail just fell off. And he moved his ah, he moved it that way, and it fell in the other direction and missed my face. So many times where I could have just been done, and God protected me. These are moments in time that God has protected us. You're here because God is an outgiving God, amen? He's a God that gives us everything. Every perfect gift comes from God. How about every single hour? We set a reminder in our minds and our hearts to be thankful for something. Mm -hmm. 
That'd be wonderful, right? What if we take this time to just do that? What are you grateful for right now? Amen? Amen. This is awesome. John 3, 27. A person can only receive what is given him from heaven. You realize that, that Bill Gates, that's from heaven, not from, not from himself. Yeah, you look at Steve Jobs' life, you go, how did that kind of fruity guy become rich? I say fruity because he was kind of kind of a fruity guy. I call him fruity because he was very he was very ambitious in the beginning, and then he just turned into this rich man, right? But then he also received cancer, which you go, wow, that's awesome. That's not so awesome. That's challenging, right? God is the giver of both blessings and challenges. Job said it best. He said, can we expect only good, not not challenges from God? Challenges can be the most blessings. Sometimes. Sometimes we look at gifts as only being good for us. Only being good, good, good for us. I'm not saying cancer is good. I'm not saying challenges are always, you know, good. But you learn more as you suffer, don't you? And so we even thank God for the suffering sometimes. But this is what John the Baptist said. A man can only receive what's given him from heaven. Do you have that conviction? That everything you have is from heaven? Wow, that's, that's an interesting thing to think about, right? I love this scripture. This one always moves me. He's talking to a prideful Corinth church. For who makes you different from anyone else? That's a great question. Well, my charisma. You know, and, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm a, I can do a crossover dribble pretty good. You know, that makes me different. No. What do you have that you did not receive? <clears throat> wow. What a question that is. And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you do not? You did not. Wow. Everything you have, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your character, your personality, comes from God. You received it from God. Your success is because God. Your challenges, right? Some of us are growing, but God's even working in that. Your bank account, your challenges, these are the things you've got to think about. Every dollar, every penny, every hour, every moment in your life is from God. Amen. The breath you have. Job said, if you wanted to, Lord, you could just take the breath from me. We've seen that happen in people's lives, haven't we? Yes. We've seen their just breath be taken. No reason why that happened. <clears throat> but it was their time. Even our time is God's. Even each heartbeat is God's. Wow. Pretty amazing to think about. This is what he says. A, day, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the numbers of his months and set limits he cannot exceed. That's got to make you pause for a second. God knows I'm going to live this many years, this many months, this many days, this many minutes, this many seconds. Wow. Every second is a gift from God. Yeah. You know, and so my time is not his, and certainly not my money. My money is not, not not my time is not mine, and my my money is not mine. It's God's. Right. It's God's, because He was the one who gave it to me. And I think we have that conviction, but do we walk around with that conviction? I know I don't sometimes. You know, what's God say? The silver is mine. The gold is mine. That's kind of a weird scripture in the Bible. But it's true. 
Now, does God need our gold and our silver and our, even our, does he need our time? But he gives it to us because he's the most incredible giver. Let's go to Psalm 50, guys. We're actually going to, you know, look in the Bible, not just seek stuff. Psalm 50. We've got to be careful, too, that we don't forget to know our Bibles because we have apps and different things. So I thought, let's just, let's just read this scripture from the Word. Um, 50, verse 7. It's one of my favorite passages of recently. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charge against you concerning your sacrifices or, burnt, or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of a goat from your pens. <laughs> For every animal of the forest is mine and a cattle on a thousand hills. Wow. I know every bird in the mountains and insects in the fields are mine. I didn't think about the insects. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all that is in it. You do not eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you and you will honor me. Does God need us? He doesn't. He wants us. That's what's even cool. You know, sometimes you need somebody, but you don't want them. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, sometimes I need something, but I don't want But He doesn't need us. He wants us. His whole existence in our life is a free will offer to us. It's amazing to think about. You can't outgive God. And I think, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the things I wrote down just as blessings. Our salvation and everlasting life in heaven. What an amazing thing to be thankful for. Amen. The forgiveness. Of all of our sins. Amazing. Amen. God's unconditional love for us in Christ. Can do nothing. It's going to make him love me less or love me more. He loves me to the fullest extent of his love. God's promises are always yes. You know, I can trust God's word in his promises. Become true. Radical deliverance from addictions. And freedom from bondage. Can I get an amen? amen? A lot of us don't view ourselves as addicts. But we all are. To something. To sin. Maybe it's not been something that we can categorize. But we all need freedom from that. Amen? amen. The places we're able to call our homes and be supplied of all that we need. The loved ones God has blessed us with. The fact that we are chosen by God before the foundations of the world. Wow. God's presence in our life, His direct access, His protection and faithfulness to answer our prayers. God's comfort, perfect peace, the Holy Spirit. I mean, are you kidding me? It sounds silly. I'm just saying the Holy Spirit, like it's like flippantly. When the Holy Spirit is like the most incredible blessing in our life. Amen. It's like God's Bluetooth connection all the time. Never runs out. The Son, Jesus Christ. What a, what a blessing that is. The unchanging, infallible word. Unchanging, infallible word. These are things I contemplate and think about. Amen? 
Well, what does that mean for us? Well, we can't outgive God, but you can imitate his heart to give. See, what is, let's, you know, if you, if you have your Bibles, go there. Ephesians 5, verse 1. It's a great passage. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I like this one. Be imitators of God. That's the old NIV version. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I get a little attitude at the new NIV. It's going to be open. <laughs> yeah, confess. Oh, yeah. sure. totally. Why are you taking be imitators of God? I love that. You know, but follow God's example. That sounds so less inspiring. Just keeping it real. Be imitators of God. That's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. We are here as little Christ. That's our name, Christian. Little in Christ. Little Christ. You know that? When you sign up to be a Christian, you're saying, I'm a little Christ. And I'm growing every day into a bigger and bigger Christ. Isn't it amazing? Not that we're the Messiah, but we're like Jesus. We're little Jesus. We're imitating God. And if God's the greatest giver, we need to imitate him in our gifts, in our giving. And so that's what we're going to finish up with. Once we realize how much God's blessed us, we go, wow, we want to imitate that. What did God say to Abraham? I'm going to bless you so you can bless the nations. Yep. See, God doesn't just bless us like Santa Claus blesses. Oh, I'm just going to give you a gift and you play with that gift and there it is. No, God says, I, I've given you a gift for a reason. So you can be a steward, an agent, a tool to bless the rest of the world. And that's why our financial giving is so important because it's it means saving souls. What better thing could we put our time and, and, and efforts and even financial money in than that? Yeah. Um, so let's, let's look at this scripture. 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. Did this with the leadership group. Um, verse 7. It says, But since you excel in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in what? The grace of giving. The grace of giving. Excel in it. You know, that's something you should think about for a second. Excelling in the grace of giving. I said, what do we excel at in our church? And I, I, I've heard some great responses from some of our leaders. They said, you know, we're a great family. Aren't we a great family? We can grow more, but are you serious? I've never been in a church with such a family. We love each other. I mean, this potluck, I'm just looking forward to just being there to hang out with you guys. I love being with you. You're my family. We love each other. The way Christ said in John 13, 34-35. I believe that. And, and, and something that I think as we get bigger and better, we've got to maintain, amen? Right. Amen. Because as you get bigger and bigger, it gets more challenging. But I believe we have the love in our hearts to do that. Amen. Our faith in courage in this church is phenomenal. Those that, that moved up here to be a part of the team have, have, have showed people the courage it takes to be a disciple. Can I just say, one of the disciples that's one of the most courageous disciples in all fellowship is Bree. Bree Berry, the only team in our church who's a disciple. 
She goes to school and she's a light every day. And whether, you know, I love that song, you know, if you won't go, don't you hinder me. That's her whole mantra with her faith. <laughs> she's got her God squad. And if you want to be a part of that squad, you can. If not, that's okay too. Because she's not here to make a lot of friends only. She loves God. That's a blessing. What courage it takes to be a teen disciple. I just want to say, that's super courageous. There's a lot of courage in this room. Some of you guys have been through many things. You have courageousness. I think it's courageous for Trevor to be in dental school and try to have babies. <laughs> that's a little nutso. And then Angie to say, honey, I'm behind you. That takes courage. So much courage in this fellowship. I could go around, honestly, and share the courage. We excel in courage. That's what people are inspired about with us. What about giving? Do we excel in it? See, we don't have to be rich to excel in the grace of giving. We just have to please God with our hearts of giving. And with our own proportional blessing, excel in it. Because we all can excel, whether you make a little or a lot. You can excel. Who is the most excelling person in the Bible at giving? Does anyone know? The widow. That woman was the example. She gave all she had. Can anyone say that they gave all they had to God? She can. She was the widow, though. That's what's powerful about this, is that all of us can excel. It doesn't matter what you give monetarily. It's what, what would the widow say? That's faith. I want the widow to be like, in heaven, you know what, Glenn? I appreciate going after my example. And, and you followed that example. You kept growing and growing in the grace of giving. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about the blessings of giving right now. Amen? And as we talk, we're going to be talking in our family groups about this. And maybe you go, oh, man, we're talking about money a lot. Why are we talking about money a lot? Because God talks about it a lot. I love this saying. It says here, it's really powerful to think about. We do not make God poor when we fail to give money to him properly. But we do make ourselves poor. If we do not give according to the standards he sets for us in his word, the Bible. God does not need our money. But we need to give away the, the Bible the, the way the, we need to give the way the Bible tells us in order to overcome the negative influences that money and things of this world can have on us. If we don't excel in the grace of giving, church. We're just going to continue. The, the mission's going to stop in Portland. That's right. That's kind of intense to think about. Because until we can get to be self-supported, we can never get to the next step. And that's, that's so important to God. That's so important to me. I think that's so important to you. And so all of us can do our part. I want to just end here before we have some nice turkey. Mm-hmm. with three steps of imitating God and giving. And this isn't a separate sermon. These are just practical ways. I want you to think about where am I right now? And the three ways that I want us to think about is first, being consistent. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people. Who won? The tortoise or the hare? The tortoise won. The, the turtle was like, I'm 
was going to give on woman. The hair was like sporadic about running, right? What happened? Turtle one. That's the first step, being consistent. Let's go to Deuteronomy 16, guys. It's in your, it's in your notes as well. But I read this, and I don't know. Your scriptures just convict you totally. You're just like, oh, that was so convicting. So convicting. Deuteronomy chapter 16. In verse 16. Three times a year, all your men... This is verse 16, chapter 16, Deuteronomy. Must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, the festival of tabernacles. No one, I'm just going to read it again, no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Wow. Each of you must give or bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. I have to say, church, some of us come before the Lord at the end. And I just have to say, you're, it's, it's your own heart that's hurting. It's not God. And I don't think it, it's it, every Sunday that's something like some of us have issues, challenges, really challenges that are real. And amen for you. I want to say I'm with you. We're here with you. That's why we take up benevolence. We have your back. No one is going to starve in this church. You go, well, that's pretty intensive to say. No one will starve in this church. But you know what we starve most? It's not the food, it's the faith. If we starve in our faith, then we've lost everything. And so every person can't become, come before the Lord empty-handed. And so the first step is to give something. You know, the widow, she could have made an excuse. I mean, if anyone could have made it, it was the widow, couldn't she? I got these two copper coins. What's that going to help? But she gave it anyways. Out of faith. You know, that's what I love about this app. We can do consistent giving on a recurring basis. And if you want to start with $5, start there. You know, I want to talk to the campus students. <laughs> you can feel, and we give you permission sometimes to feel exempt from giving. Oh, I'm a campus student. You don't know. You don't understand. I got so many classes, and I got lots that's going on. And I want to say that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say, oh, okay, no one should come empty handed except the campus students. <laughs> I'm talking to the campus students. You have to build a character now. The thing that's more convicting is some of you do have jobs. And I just want to say it, guys. Just because you go to USM or SMCC or UNE doesn't mean you can come before God empty-handed. So you've got to make a decision. I'm going to be consistent. Not sporadic. Sporadic doesn't help us as a church. Sporadic doesn't build character. You know, I remember as a campus dude, I was... Ramen noodles. Remember ramen noodles? I actually really love ramen noodles. When I get sick, I have this vice. It's a cup of noodle soup. I go to it. It's like the worst. It has so many chemicals in it. And my wife's like, why do you do that? But it's so delicious. And I remember those cup of noodle soup dates. 
But I remember thinking to myself, I don't have a job. I don't have the way to give my weekly contribution. What am I going to do? So what I did was two things. I thought about two things. I'm a steward of God's money. And so I literally got a job so that I can give my offering. I got a job. I was working at the gym part-time. Ten bucks an hour back in the day was what's up. Wow. And it was the easiest job. Would you mind spotting me? Ten bucks an hour. Sometimes I'd lift while I'm working out. They're paying me to work out. Yeah. And I was able to go on dates and give my offering. And I said, God, I'm going to give you $20 a week. I'm going to give you $20. I'm, I'm going to tithe as well. Right? So I, I made tw 20 hours a week, 10 bucks a week. I tithe 20 bucks. And there was times when I only had 20 bucks in my wallet. This is before online giving apps. We didn't even have cell phones back then. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a, a $20 bill in my, in, my, in my wallet, and I said, this is all I have for the whole week. But I, I promised you, Lord, I'm going to do that. Boom. Threw it in. Had nothing to eat. I was like, you know, I know this brother. I could probably, like, hang out with him. He's kind of, like, reach off some of his food. You know what I mean? That could work out. So what happened is, right after service, someone's, before I asked anyone, would you like to come over and eat? I was like, yes. <laughs> Came over there. They gave me these huge leftovers for the whole week. That was awesome. Then, I come home next day. I get a check in, the, in my little box, you know, my little peel box. We have made a mistake on your financial aid Pell Grant. $2,000. Nice. Damn. Oh, nice mistake. I was like, hallelujah. Take the phone. You know? Are you kidding me? And then special missions came up and I was able to give that. It was so inspiring that God blessed that. Consistency. And we all have stories. Seriously, we can all share stories like that. None of us are without stories like that. Be consistent. That's the first step. If you're like, you know, tithing's hard, I want us to be consistent. Let's go to Proverbs 3, guys. Proverbs 3. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to say checks are going to come in the mail. <laughs> but they might. I want to read something that's interesting. I want to say to you that sometimes, you've, have you heard the word tithe before? It's an interesting word. Because it, it's, it, in a lot of people, it's like, what is a tithe? Well, a tithe is defined as a tenth of your, your, your labor income or your um, first fruits. It could be agriculturally. It could be livestock, right? It's the first fruits of your first 10% that you set aside for God, right? Um, Proverbs 3, verse 9, has an interesting passage here. Honor Lord your God with wealth, with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. What a scripture that is. I've been contemplating the scripture all week and going, Lord, what's up with that? How? It doesn't make mathematical sense. Right. But God says, listen, I'm not here to make sense all the time. <laughs> you, your barns will overflow. Mm. Church. Mm. 
That's a promise from God. I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel says you'll be super duper rich, and that's why we do it. We give because God's going to bless you, and if you if you pay $19.99 for this handkerchief, God's going to bless you with all these things. And I blessed it, and blah blah blah. I'm not talking about a handkerchief. I'm talking about the word of God here. Amen. It says if you give the first fruits, you will be blessed. Oh, it's going to be kind of like a, 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 a emotional blessing. No, no, that's not what it says here. It says you'll be blessed. We have had some challenges sometimes, just some cha financial challenges in people's lives, right? And I want to say this, and I want to say this with sensitivity. There's challenges in people's lives. I remember being there in the basement of someone's house. My dad was doing everything he could to do it and to make our life work. And you know what? Honestly, he's blessed both of us. <laughs> My dad has own, his own home now. He's a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool, right? I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have a place to live that I can call my own. It's not someone's basement. That's encouraging. God's blessed that in my life. But I believe that some of our financial challenges are because we're not having faith in the scripture. The character it takes to give a tithe is the kind of character that it's going to take to be blessed with more. <clears throat> the parable of the talents is an interesting parable. You can read it yourself. It says you have, you have five bags of gold. You have one bag of gold, two bag of golds. Right? Person with one bag. And that's kind of how we can feel. I only got one bag of gold. What do you do? He hit it. The guy with five, you go... The dude with five, he's like, I got five more. He's like, guess what? I'm going to give you ten more, five more. Wow. That guy's richly blessed. It doesn't seem fair, right? The guy with five, he had five, and he just kind of did five. He really blessed. That guy gave him five more. God gave him five more. The guy with two was blessed. The guy with one, he goes, I have one. He's kind of struggling. And God said, no, no, no. The one talent, Right? You should have put it on deposit. You should have put it on something. Yeah. I didn't give you this money so you could just bury it. Church, I want you to think about tithing. Because of how it's going to bless you. I, I, I don't actually... God doesn't need your money. This church doesn't need your money. Do you realize that? That if you don't give... God's going to provide. That's right. I want you to be blessed. And I believe that tithing is a great blessing. Let's go to Malachi. We look at this scripture. Now, now this is Old Testament, right? And you can go, well, is it a command to give a tithe? You know, in the New Testament. The answer is no. In fact, the Jewish people gave 23% of all their income. Did you know that? 23%. They gave 10% to the Levitical priesthood, 10% to the festivals, and then they gave 10% every three years of their income to the poor. So 23% on average they gave of their income. That's Old Testament. So yes, tithing is not even commanded only in the... 23% was commanded. But that's not who we are. We're New Testament, right? Yep. But God says, I want everything. I want all of you. I don't want 23% of you. And I don't want 10% of you. I want all of you. You go, well, what's that about? 
Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse um, 6. It starts, it's funny how it starts with, I, the Lord, do not change. Well, a lot of times people go, I don't have to give a tithe because we're in the New Testament. Mm. Now, maybe you've never said that. But certainly can be kind of a, a thought. But if the Lord doesn't change, does he change in the New Testament? No. Think about this for a second. There was a guy who used to pray. He was upset one day. He was in the Springfield church. And he was really upset because people were persecuting him. And he started praying, God of the Old Testament, come upon these people and teach them the ways of your wrath. And his brother was like, bro, but many things are wrong with that prayer. <laughs> the first thing is, there's not a different God of the Old and New Testament. He's still the same God, amen? Yeah. First of all. Second of all, bro, what's up with the wrath thing? We gotta love our enemies, look at the scripture, okay? He got straightened out. But I think sometimes we can think, well, it's, he's different. He's changed. He hasn't changed. So you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Thank God he doesn't change. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you. But you ask, how are we, we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. There's lots of people I could rob. But God is not one of those people. That's like, not that I want to rob anyone. But <laughs> the thing about God is he knows when you're robbing him. If you rob someone else, they might not know. And they certainly don't have the power. But this is not like, oh, I need this. It just more feels like God's currency is heart. And you're robbing me of your heart. That's probably more what he was yeah. trying to say here. You are under a curse. How are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings. Isn't it interesting? Not in time. Not in talent. Not in, in, in coming to the, to the services, right? I've heard people say from the contribution thing, hey, some of us can't give money. So we can give talent. We can give other things. That's true, but that's not true. I don't think that's all true. That all of us can give all these things. But God cares about the money too. Because it's the most important thing to our hearts. If you actually break it down, it's one of the most important things to us. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. You're under a curse. Your whole nation, bring, because you're robbing, bring the whole tithe, not just part of it, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that there'll be no room enough to store it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. Don't you hate when pests devour your crops? Seriously, guys. And vines in your fields do not and will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be the delightful land. Amen? This is intense to think about. But thinking about this. What if you took 90 days and just tithed? Tried it out. Test God in this. I dare you to do it. See what God does. 
If paleo $20 a week, you know, paleo meaning I had $20, it's not that much, right? But I gave it. God blessed me with that. I believe he's going to bless you. Now, if you give $20 a week, that's not piddly, but I'm saying in my own mind, I was so blessed. I had a scholarship to go to school. $20 wasn't even felt like enough, but that's what I could give. So that's the second step, getting to tithe. And then the third step, and I want you to pray about this, is giving above the tithe. And this is where I get excited. Can I get excited for a second? Can I end on an excited note? I'm so fired up about this point. Giving above the tithe. You go, well, that's scary, Glenn. Why is it so scary? It's the best thing. It's the most amazing thing. The people that were here were, were, were so blessed. So this is what I thought about. Jesus didn't tithe his blood for me. He gave it all. And I'm sometimes jealous of that, you know. Can I be jealous? I can have godless jealousy. Paul had one. I'm jealous of the widow. There's something about the widow. I'm like, she gave everything to the Lord. And from now on, everyone will know this widow. She's going to be seriously praised in heaven. She gave the two top coins. That's all she had. Now, we have to be wise about this. Can I just say this? Disclaimer. Get advice in this area. When you're in this area, you need to get advice from people that you respect in the Lord. Because you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. Right. Meaning, <laughs> I gave it all the Lord, now I have nothing to eat. We've got to be wise about this. But you can be wise. If the Jewish people gave 23%, seriously, I'm not down the Jewish people, the amazing Jewish people, but if you read the Old Testament, they weren't the most fired up people all the time. What did Paul say about, I mean, uh, Jesus say about the Pharisees? He said, you guys take your, your spices and your coming and all these different things, give you 10% of it, and you forget justice and mercy. You should do both, not forgetting the, the first one. It's pretty awesome to think about. But if the, like, Pharisees, like, I don't know, it's tough to say, like, oh, I gave less than the Pharisees gave. I don't know, that doesn't sit well with my heart. <laughs> Like I got now, that's a good place to start. But to be honest, I'm not settled there. Maybe we need more faith to get there. But that's okay. We have time. Luke fourteen thirty three says, "You must give everything if you want to be my disciple." Amen. Amen. Barnabas, I love Barnabas, the son of encouragement. That guy is awesome too. He sold his land and gave just put it at the apostles' feet. How cool is that? Imagine selling a film just going, hey, whatever you want to do with this, whatever the Lord wants to do with it, bam. How many people did Barnabas feed? How many churches were planted because of that field? Pretty exciting thing to think about. There was a guy named Bean, Tom Bean. You guys know him. He was a businessman. He gave $10 million to a fund called the Bean Fund. He died. It was in his will to give it to him. So he's now in paradise, and his money is working for him while he literally sleeps. You know, we say, oh, we want your work, money working for you when he sleeps. He's got it working for him when he sleeps. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's high-impact missions. His, his, the money he's using now is helping high-impact missions. That's one example. But then there's other examples that are a lot smaller than that. I'm just kidding. Part of us. Maybe it's that one thing you have. What does God put on your heart? Zacchaeus, I love this. This guy stands up and I'll give half I have to the poor. 50% and then I'll give four times if I cheated anyone. Now, I mean, you haven't cheated anyone. We'll start with the 50%. That's pretty awesome. The widow. These are some examples of giving. These are the three steps of entertaining God in a simple way. I want us to think about this as we talk in our family groups, as we talk. Just some things that, that you need to do is first just realize that I don't want you to be reluctant. If you're reluctant, pray about not being reluctant. I want you to be cheerful. See, I'm smiling up here, I'm all excited. I want you to feel that in your heart. Never give under compulsion. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I, I think this is a great scripture too. On the first day of the week, each of us should set aside a sum of money in keeping with the income. Saving it up. The one thing I want to encourage you to do is to be intentional about your giving. I, don't, I, I know that happens sometimes, and, and amen, we're all in different places, but you ever see, you know, they open the wallet, the offering plate's coming around. <laughs> they pull out that dollar. Amen for that dollar. But there's a look on the face like, oh, shoot, I forgot. That's what we don't want. We want you to be thinking about it. We want you to think about it because God thinks about it. Amen? Amen. But pray about this, guys. Pray about this. Um, just as we end, guys, how are you feeling right now? I'm going to ask that. Maybe you're like, I'm feeling great. Maybe you're feeling like, I'm feeling challenged. Some of us, how am I going to talk to my spouse about this? Get advice about that. How am I going to do this with my certain situation? Get help with it. That's why we have a family to help each other. Right? But the first thing I want you to think about is first just to go over the Bible study and sermon notes. Take the survey. Think about the survey. This is going to help us more prepared to help anyone out that can with giving. We're going to do uh, a lot of different things to encourage and help. We do financial peace every year, which is super helpful for people. I encourage you, if you've never done that before, Dave Ramsey's course, that's super helpful. Um, but I want you just really to pray and to meditate on this. What's it mean for you to grow in the grace of giving? It's a great question. What's it mean for you to grow in the grace of giving? Um, these are some questions that you can look at through the app. But as we think about this, one of the things we can think about is reoccurring giving. This is one way we can be consistent. There's, these are the questions that I'm asking myself for 2019. What does God put on my heart to give weekly? What does God put on my heart for special missions? And what does God put on my heart for the hope worldwide and the poor? Wouldn't it be great if we could imitate the Jews? Do 10% for the poor? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be something to aspire to one day? To be able to give 10% to the poor? You know, that's also something to think about. Maybe you break it up at 3%, right? You know, over three years. That's something to think about. Let's imitate our Jewish brothers and sisters. There's some things that, they, that, that are there in the Old Testament to teach us, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. So as we end here, I want you to think about this. Like, you might go, well, this is a lot of talking about giving. 
Yes, it was. Because if we're going to excel in the grace of giving, if we're going to preach the message throughout Maine, the simple reality is it is going to take sacrifice. If Jesus gave up his blood so that salvation can happen, we're also going to have to sacrifice too. And to think anything less is to just be naive to the spiritual battle that's upon us. There's a spiritual battle happening right now. I want to encourage you to go to God, go to your to people you talk to personally about your own giving. Let's please God with our giving. Let God say, look at that person. Look at their hearts. You know, I believe when Brandon did that, he pleased God. He was sitting at Starbucks. He probably got a free coffee because Becca always gives free coffee. <laughs> So he saved $4 right there. <laughs> you know? And, and, and God was just... The angels were watching. I'm serious. God was watching him go through this and make a decision. And I believe it was a huge, huge uh, pleasure for God to see Brandon make that decision. And then to share that with us, I want you to do the same thing. Sit down, think, with your spouse, with yourself. Talk to your friends about it. Let's end with a prayer. And uh, we'll have a great power. Father in heaven, we're grateful for this time. And I know, uh, I know sometimes it feels uncomfortable for me to speak about money. And uh, God, I just, I just feel uh, that you're calling us to grow in the grace of giving. And so God, you don't call me to be comfortable when I preach. You call me to preach. And Lord, it's so clear in the Bible that you say that we'll be rich when we're giving at a cheerful and sacrificial heart. God, I pray that you would be tested today, as Malachi says. Tested. Lord, I know there's some things we shouldn't test you with, amen? <laughs> but this is the one time you say in your word, test me in this. See if I don't open the floodgates. Amen. Lord, that's exciting to think about because we know, God, that we can be a blessing to others. We pray that just you would bless this time as we fellowship, as we talk, no, um, in this time of giving, God, help us remember how much you've given us. Father, I love that, that song, 10,000 Reasons. It's a great song. And God, there's 10,000 reasons, even more, that you just show us how much you love us. Help us concentrate on that. Thank you so much for the food we're about to partake in and uh, the fellowship we're able to have. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Right, let's stand for one last song.